good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So before we start today's show off, let's just jump back to yesterday's story because a lot of people have been looking for clarification on the announcement made by the CCSA in relation to the 14 days quarantine in Phuket being cut to 7 days and the reopening of Bangkok and other areas from November 1. Since they made that announcement yesterday, there has been complete and utter silence from the government. It was an extremely vague press conference with very little detail given out. Indeed, the Tourism Authority of Thailand released a statement after the CCSA meeting and forgot to mention the fact that Phuket was now becoming a 7-day area and not a 14-day area. They also forgot to mention that you'd be allowed to go straight to Kaolak, or at least that's what we think you'll be able to do, or go straight to PP Island instead of having to stay in Phuket. Now, these are all things that are completely up in the air. Now, I've tried to contact a few of my colleagues within the tourism industry, and they too have absolutely no idea what's going on. Now, they've discussed about being able to go straight to Kaolak, so you fly straight into Phuket and you'll transfer to Kaolak, but yet the Hanya Tourism Association know nothing about this. And this is meant to kick off in two or three days time. A lot of media are reporting that the Bangkok reopening is quarantine free. Well, yes, it's quarantine free under a sealed route because it's part of the four phase plan that the government have approved. Unfortunately, what they did yesterday was they made a big announcement and gave no detail and everybody went silent after that. And a lot of people are wondering whether or not the Tourism Authority of Thailand actually knew what was about to be said and released because they seem to have nothing prepared in relation to a proper statement on what the CCSA announced. So what I reckon is going to happen now in the next day or two is we're going to see these agencies and authorities scrambling to try put together some sort of proper statement and regulation so we can understand what is going on. And once we get that information, we will obviously bring it to you straight away. And let's start off today's show with the daily COVID numbers. Thailand logged 9,489 new COVID-19 cases and 129 more fatalities during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced on Tuesday morning. There were 9,220 cases in general population and 269 among prison inmates. The new cases fell from 10,288 new COVID cases announced on Monday when the country recorded 101 more deaths. On Monday, 12,805 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospitals after recovering from the coronavirus. Now, it's worth noting that there currently are 6,000 rapid antigen tests that are positive that have not been added to this total. So in actual fact, we could be looking at numbers around 16,000, not the just the 9,000 that they're talking about. Bear that in mind when we talk about these numbers. It seems that they're being a little bit deceptive with these numbers at the moment, but there is approximately 6,000 positive rapid antigen tests that have not been included and then need to go to be retested again now with PCR tests. And we'll start off with our first story of the day. OnlyFans star arrests renews debate on sex work. The recent arrest of a 19-year-old known as Nong Kai Nao and her boyfriend for producing and broadcasting sexually explicit content on the OnlyFans social media platform has sparked a wave of fear and resentment among fellow content creators. 
The models who spoke to the Bangkok Post all agreed that authorities' actions were disproportionate to the offence, adding it was about time the government revised existing laws on pornographic content and the role of the police in their enforcement. They also said Thailand should learn from developed countries where pornography is tolerated and regulated instead of suppressed. One 40-year-old OnlyFans model said when he was worried about getting arrested for producing adult content, he wouldn't deactivate his account out of respect for his followers who had paid good money to see him perform. It would be disrespectful to my viewers, like I'm a scammer taking people's money without giving them what they had paid for, he said. That said, as this still is a hot topic, I may publish content less frequently while I wait for the issues to die down on its own. The model said OnlyFans allowed him to survive as business closures brought on by the third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic in Thailand had made it impossible for him, a personal trainer and masseuse, to earn any income. The only way he could feed himself, he said, was by publishing himself nude online. He said the state should have at least tried to understand the platform better, saying OnlyFans requires valid identification to ensure all models on its platform are adults over the age of 18. Furthermore, he said viewers have to pay to access OnlyFans, which limits any content posted to a small circle of paying subscribers. I'm upset by the reason used by the police to arrest Nong Kai Nao, as they said they did it to maintain peace and morality in society, he said. It's time the state admits that sex is a natural act. As long as sex is performed within private spaces, it's not wrong. As long as sexually explicit murals still exist on temple walls, the state cannot claim the crackdown was meant to uphold peace and morality, he concluded. Another model, 31, who didn't have to rely on OnlyFans to survive, but signed up for the thrill of it, told the Bangkok Post that he wasn't concerned about getting arrested. Frankly speaking, I'm not afraid because I haven't done anything wrong. Whatever I do, I do it in my own private space and my content can only be viewed by paying subscribers, he said. He said that he felt bad that the authorities are beginning to crack down on OnlyFans as many content creators had no choice but to turn to publishing adult material in order to survive during the pandemic. Authorities need to understand the reality that it is impossible to completely banish pornography from society no matter how hard the government tried to suppress it, he said. Models will simply find another platform to broadcast on. If the government wants to take on pornography, then they should focus on videos of rape and child pornography, he said, noting the majority of pages on OnlyFans cater to voyeur fantasies. Jaray Sinkowanta, a lecturer at Nida School of Social and Environmental Development, called Nong Kai Nao's arrest unreasonable and dehumanizing, saying it wasn't right to arrest her at the residence and force her to appear at a press conference after. What police did was totally disproportionate to what she did. They acted like she was a murderer, while in fact she just published pornographic content, Mr. A said. He slammed reports which claimed many of the models turned to producing adult content as they are anxious to maintain the standard of living that they had become accustomed to before the pandemic hit. While that may be true for some models, he said, many models on OnlyFans turned to the platform to simply earn enough money to survive as they continued their studies at university or sent to their families back home. Mr. Jurey then urged the government to review the phrase prevailing morality in society, which often appears in laws regulating adult content in Thailand, saying the vague wording left too much room for interpretation. This means authorities can arrest at their discretion, which could be informed by personal bias, he said. It is wrong by the police to act as a morality enforcer. Now this story has been floating around in the Thai media and Thai social network platforms for quite a few days now. And the overall sentiment from people is that what this girl did wasn't wrong. That she was publishing content to a select group of people who were all verified and had all paid. And, and it wasn't as if it was being broadcast on YouTube to the world. 
and that the police reaction to this was over the top and was wrong. And this has been the overwhelming thought from people commenting on this story on social media. And I tend to agree with them. I think what they did to her was wrong. Brought her out as if she was Joe Ferrari after murdering somebody. By the way, I know she didn't get a chance to explain herself like Joe Ferrari did, you know, in his own little press conference, but they sat her down there and humiliated her in front of people, the world. And that's completely wrong and should never happen like that. And the Thai police have a lot to answer for in this too. But the laws and Thailand do need to be adapted to modern times. A lot of people around the world are turning to OnlyFans to make money. It's become part of life in many different parts of the world. And I think it's a little bit rich for Thailand to act in this kind of way when they allow places like Pattaya and Phuket and Patong especially to have nightclubs where you can go see ping pong shows and girls naked dancing on poles and get whatever you want really in this world if you you know have money to pay for it and then treat a girl like this who's really doing nothing wrong because she's doing it in the privacy of her own home. But I'd love to know what you guys think about this. Do you think that police overreacted? Do you think they're right in what they did? I'd love to hear your comments down below in the comment section. And our next story, restaurant operators filed 50 million Thai baht lawsuit against Priot. A restaurant operator has sued Prime Minister Priot chan on behalf of other owners for 50 million Thai baht in compensation for damage to business resulting from ineffective measures to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. Neverending Summer Co. represented 39 restaurant businesses in filing a class action lawsuit with the civil court, the court said in a statement. The court has set November 9 for a hearing to be conducted via Zoom after it examined the petition and requested added. Neverending Summer said in the petition their business suffered from the government's decision to temporarily close restaurants as part of the measures to fight the virus as the emergency decree failed to bring the situation under control. According to the petition, it is asserted that Prime Minister Priya Chanacha had declared the nationwide emergency situation under the COVID-19 pandemic and had acted willfully or neglectfully resulting in several disease clusters, the court said. The vaccination campaign, the management of antigen test kits and drugs to alleviate the coronavirus were conducted in an insufficient manner it added. The Public Health Ministry, Interior Ministry and Bangkok Metropolitan Administration were also named in the filing. The financial compensation demanded by the group was calculated from March 17th last year. The date was in conjunction with the early stage of the first outbreak of the disease that has crippled the economy. Neverending Summer Co. runs a restaurant in the compound of Jam Factory in Klongsan district of Bangkok. Well, good luck to them. I hope they win. I think it's going to be a tough call because the emergency decree may protect the government for what decisions they have made. But I do hope they win and I'm pretty sure most people will be rooting for them as well. And next up, call for concrete reopening plan. Business operators in soon-to-be-reopened provinces have urged the government to impose a clear and decisive plan to attract tourists back during the upcoming high season. After getting an approval, the marketing campaign will need at least a month to generate demand, so operators and foreign travel agents want to hear an official announcement to manage high season bookings, said Charin Tipiaforn, president of the Tourism Council of Krabi. There are scheduled flights from Singapore and Malaysia due to fly to Krabi Airport by October 1 and there will be flights from Scandinavian countries on November 1. She said the province started a rehearsal of the entry process at the airport in July and will continue until the whole province reopens on November 1 or whenever vaccines have been fully administered. The concrete reopening plan will assure tourists about travelling to Krabi, she said, while international flights can resume as planned. On Monday, the CCSA approved further reopenings and the easing of the quarantine period 
period to seven days for visitors who have been fully vaccinated and have received a negative RT-PCR test on arrival. Starting from October 1, travellers can travel directly to Krabi with two different destinations of either Klang Moang, Tupkak Panya or Koh Samui. However, it will depend on the vaccination rate in each area. The CCSA also endorsed the next phase of the reopening from November 1, which consists of five destinations previously set to welcome tourists by October 1, namely Bangkok, Chiang Mai, Pattaya, Hua Hin and Pechaburi. Governments' clear regulations will allow operators to start launching marketing plans while travellers from long-haul markets can plan trips ahead, said Pong Saporn Ketsapokorn, president of the Tourism Council of Panya. He said that there was a confusion around the reopening which needed to be discussed among tourism-related agencies for more clarification, such as whether tourists can take a one-day trip to another province during the first seven days of arrival or not. He said his province had administered vaccines to 56% of its residents and still needed 240,000 doses to reach the benchmark for opening on November 1. Konrachanaporn Pulsawadi, president of the Tourism Association of Koh Samui, said the recent relaxation of the reopening plan will help generate demand in Koh Samui as the hotel occupancy rate recently stood at only 15%. However, the tourism situation will depend on other factors such as the resumption of flights between Thailand and Russia to boost arrival on the island. So we're not going to go too much into this because we've already touched on it at the beginning of the show. Now, as I've been recording this show, I have heard that there will be further details on this whole reopening and what was announced by the CCSA tomorrow evening. So once I get that, it'll be on the next day's show after this, which will be probably Thursday morning show. And hopefully we'll have more information for you then and try to keep you guys updated. And I know a lot of people will wonder what, why do we give this information out? Well, there's a couple of clear reasons for me. Firstly, there's an awful lot of people who are outside of Thailand right now who genuinely want to come back to Thailand. And I see in my comments section an awful lot of people who are very interested to get back, whether they have a wife here, they have a girlfriend, their family, or they just want to come on holiday because they love Thailand, they love the country, they love the people, they love the food, they love the scenery, you know, and the environment. And they're all fantastic reasons to visit this wonderful country. And then there's also people, you know, like myself or expats who are living here who would actually like to go home maybe for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe see our families who some of us haven't seen in two or three years because, you know, we just haven't been able to fly out of the country. And having a reasonable way to re-enter without having to do 14 days in Phuket before we go back to our homes in a different province or something, you know, is beneficial to us so the more they reduce the sandboxes and allow entry that will be easier for everyone at least it will be for expats to go home maybe for christmas visit their families and then come back and resume their work or their daily lives and that's why i try to bring as much of this news to you guys out there so that people can be as informed as possible and be able to make plans for their future as well and next story, 230 million Thai baht paid out in jab compensation. A total of 464 people who have died or become severely ill and permanently disabled following COVID-19 vaccinations have so far been financially compensated by the government's no-fault compensation program for vaccine recipients. Since the launch of the program on May 19th, a total of 3,626 out of all 4,065 requests for the compensation received by the National Health Security Office, NHSO, have been approved, said Dr. Jade Tamachari, Secretary General of the NHSO, on Monday. A total of 230.79 million baht has been paid in compensation for serious side effects, including 464 linked deaths and severe disabilities, said Dr. Jade. 
As of Monday, another 287 requests for compensation were still being examined by the NHSO's Areas Committee tasked with inspecting reported COVID-19 vaccination, adverse events and deciding on the compensation payment, he said. A total of 1,252 requests have been rejected after these area committee ruled they did not fit the criteria for receiving the financial compensation, he said. Their criteria are broken into three levels of the severity of reported side effects of the vaccine experienced by vaccine recipients, he said. Illness requiring continuous treatment is compensated for at most 100,000 baht per case, while the maximum compensation for partial disabilities following COVID-19 vaccination is set at 240,000 baht, he said. At most, 400,000 baht is offered in a case of debt or severe permanent disability, he said. Samkit Punsanari, a resident of Ayutthaya's province whose 70-year-old sister died on July 13 after she had received a COVID-19 vaccine shot, said the process for claiming the financial compensation was very convenient. Local health officials who visited her at her sister's funeral assisted her in filing the request for the compensation and only three weeks later she had received the 400,000 baht compensation. She later gave all the money to the 70-year-old husband of her dead sister who is currently unemployed, she said. Each of the area committees handling compensation requests consists of several medical experts and members of the public, said Dr. Jade. Airlines offering drive through tests Passengers of Thai Airways International and Thai Smile Airways are now being offered a drive through COVID-19 testing service prior to travelling on their flights. Intended for passengers who have already purchased air tickets for both domestic and international flights, the service is provided at the headquarters of Thai Airways International on Vipavi Rangsit Road. The company yesterday signed a Memorandum of Understanding with Professional Laboratory Management Corp, a certified medical laboratory hired to organise the drive through COVID-19 test for passengers passengers of the two airlines. Available until December 31st, the service hours are from 8am until 2pm from Monday to Saturday, adding that an appointment for the drive through service is required to be booked at least two days in advance. More details about the COVID-19 testing service can be obtained on Thai Airways website. These two airlines now require passengers to submit a document regarding the results of their COVID-19 tests prior to travelling on either domestic or international flights. Earlier this month, the Public Health Ministry signed an agreement with the CAAT and the Airline Association of Thailand to allow the use of the so-called Digital Health Pass in the Morprom app as an electronic document for domestic flight passengers who are fully vaccinated. That is just a little bit of information for you if you plan to fly with Thai Airways or with Thai Smile. Now, you know what I've just been thinking recently is the business to get into is selling PCR tests and rapid antigen tests because this is the future from what I can see. And I reckon there is a fortune of money to be made in distributing rapid antigen tests at this moment in time. The digital health pass, by the way, this is uh, available on the Moreprom app. After you're fully vaccinated, you can get the 13-digit number that is on your vaccination certificate and register using your phone number and that 13-digit number, and you will be able to get your digital health pass. I've already done it, so I know it definitely works. That's just a little bit of information for you guys out there. And up next, some Phuket news. Phuket reported 188 new COVID infections in the past 24 hours. Four of them were from the Sandbox program. Over the past seven days, Phuket has recorded a total of 1,542 COVID cases. We had 99 international arrivals to the Sandbox scheme, all tested negative for COVID on arrival. They arrived on two Singapore airline flights. 495 travellers tested negative for COVID during their second and third test as well. And since the 1st of July, 37,576 travels have availed of the sandbox program and in other news Phuket governor asked for urgent financial assistance for Phuket's unemployed 
Phuket Governor Narang Wunsi has sent an urgent request to the Deputy Prime Minister asking for the central government to provide financial assistance to employees and employers in Phuket registered with the Social Security Office. Phuket people queue for food handouts as police make merit with COVID charity effort. Hundreds lined the streets on the south side of Phuket town as two high-ranking police officers made merit by handing out survival bags of food and other household necessities to those suffering harsh financial hardship under the ongoing economic crisis. Transport Ministry to launch National Shipping Line The Ministry of Transport is planning to open a national shipping line by June next year in a bid to reduce reliance on foreign ships and promote the export and import sector. And finally, five drowned, one missing and over 55,000 households hit by floods in Thailand's Lapuri. Five people have drowned, another remains missing and more than 55,000 households in the central province of Lapuri have been hit by heavy flooding, said by some villagers to be the worst in 30 years. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.